Jesus. S&P 500 program trade by level one. You make a call now. Go to work. Okay, in this podcast, we're going to talk about trading with data data expectations, data releases, that kind of stuff, uh, and how markets can behave around them. It's more anecdotal uh, than anything else. Uh, we'll talk about a few th- experiences I've had trading with data uh, and, and some ideas on how to go about trading them. Now, this one was originally designed as a video, but then after recording, I realized we had no pictures for it, so I've turned it into a podcast. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, now we've all seen it, right? Whatever platform you're using, uh, whether it be a, a, a standalone trading platform or if you're using a web-based platform, trading FX or whatever, you've probably seen that little area that has data and you know, data calendar and shows you what's coming out, what's important, what's not, what's from the G20, what's from over there, what's from, you know, and it has an expectations column. What are these expectations? Have you ever thought, what are these expectations? Where do they come from? Who puts the number in? Uh, I can tell you who used to do it, uh, or at least where it came from. It came from me for a while anyway. Um, This is a while ago now, about 25 years ago, I was working for a company that's now called Thomson Reuters, the time called Thomson Financial. And we had a really interesting thing. Now, I didn't start this. I just took over the job from the previous analyst. I was a bond market analyst there. Uh, And I didn't start this process. It was a thing the guy did before me where he would have the the list of all, um, I think it was 18 or 20, so around 20 uh, top economists, senior economists uh, in Australia, mostly Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, and leading up to any particular data number, we'd call them, or my job was to call them. I'd split the job up to other people in the office if they couldn't, um, if they didn't have anything to do or whatever, because 20 calls takes a long time. Uh, and uh, so I'd call 10 or whatever it was, and, uh, and I'd say, you know, call up and say, G'day Bob, uh, what do you think of the unemployment data coming out day after tomorrow? And he'd say, oh, you know, uh, up 2%, whatever it was. And I'd write it down, put it in my little spreadsheet, uh, produce a nice little chart um, with some variances and standard deviations and comparisons to last month and all that stuff. Uh, And then um, send it off to them uh, and send it off to the newspapers and so so on. I really loved getting my name in the newspaper for some reason. It was kind of, that seemed my motivation to do it (laughs) if I could get quoted in the financial review or something. And they did get quoted all the time. Uh, with with important data uh, and uh, anyway it, it kind of I never thought of it as much of a as much um, of a survey because I knew that a lot of the people that were doing the estimates and um, they weren't necessarily as uh, credible as you might hope um, there was one chap for example and I won't tell his name but let's call him Bob, his name wasn't Bob, uh, we'd call him up and he would invariably just make up the number on the spot and he'd say, oh, what's, he'd say, g'day Bob, what's, um, you know, what do you think for uh, inflation number tomorrow? Oh, uh, what was the last one? Yeah, it was 2.1. Oh, uh, what's everyone else saying? 2.1. Oh, put me down for 2.2. Oh no, make it (sighs) 1.3. 
And this was a guy that was a senior economist or probably the senior economist for a bank you would know uh, and probably get earning a fortune. And he didn't know what he was doing. And it was just an ongoing joke to call this guy and get uh, estimates. The other economists were kind of, you know, took themselves seriously and, and, and probably did good jobs and so on. But again, this survey, survey I did, which ended up, you know, on a lot of platforms or in, in the media at least, um, as the you know expected number when you see in the news at night uh, oh we've got so-and-so data coming out tomorrow the market's expecting plus two percent well that number came from me a lot of the time um, or our survey I should say um, I didn't um, put my number in it at all but it was just a survey of uh, people more senior than me I was just a junior you know uh, making the phone calls but um, it gave me a lack of um, a lack of respect for those numbers somewhat <laughs> because uh, I knew where they were coming from and I thought, well, some of them are just making this stuff up, you know. Um, fast forward, there's a point to this. I'm, I'm going to get to you know how you should go about trading these numbers. So there'll be a practical point here, um, but um, uh, fast forward about ten years, uh, the Aussie dollar at the time was. Uh, I, I just this story is fresh in my mind because I just mentioned it to a, a, a group chat I have on um, that I was in on, on Telegram. Um, but um, this story is kind of funny um, and kind of cements the the moral from the previous story. The Aussie dollar was trading um, at a um, I think it was an all time low of about forty eight. It was about forty eight forty nine cents to the US. Um, it was it was it was a time for the market where you know the the, the price of the the Aussie dollar was in the news and it was you know like like it is now you know seventy eight cents no one cares it's it's been high it's been lower it's not a controversial number but back then it was you know big news what's happening in the Aussie dollar I went along to this I think it was called breakfast with the economist or something like that uh, I lived in the city at the time and it happened to be in the hotel at the Sheraton I think um, across the road. I thought, oh, well, 50 bucks for breakfast and go and sit with some economists and all of that. That's, that's you know, a good deal. Went along to this thing. Uh, from memory, there were seven of them. And these, again, were the senior guys. Probably, I think most of them were the ones that I would survey, you know, only eight or ten years earlier. Um, they wouldn't know me from a bar of soap or anything, but, you know, they're, they're up there kind of um, uh, strutting their stuff and uh, carrying on. Um, all academic-like, like economists do. Uh, talking about this and that, and, you know, at the time um, it was pre-GFC, but, you know, credit was easy and, you know, the people were worried about debt and all that kind of stuff. So that was the issue at the time. Again, I said, um, as I said, the um, Aussie dollar was at or near its all-time low then. Um, and uh, it came to question time and people asked some polite questions and some, you know, fluff questions and all that kind of stuff as they do in those conferences, you know. Uh, but one bloke got up and said, oh, so where do you see the Aussie dollar by the end of the year? And uh, there was a bit of a laugh in the audience and the, the MC kind of looked at him like, well, you can't ask those questions. How do you know? Uh, and so they were, they were putting the economists on the spot. And one said, um, oh, definitely lower. It's going to be lower because of blah, 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 blah. The next guy said lower. Another one said lower. The next one said up a bit, but lower. And they all basically said lower. All of them. 100% said lower. Uh, and that, you can go and look it up on a long-term chart, 
and you, you'll be able to see the week I was at this conference because that was the absolute low for the dollar at the time. Uh, not that day, not that minute, but definitely that week. Uh, and um, again, it just made me think, well, you know, I, I don't have disrespect for economists, but I know they're not traders either. You know, so um, they're good analysts and we have to take on board what they say. Well, you know, if you read that kind of thing, uh, but at the same time, they're not really traders. So um, fast forward another 10 years. There goes my pen. Fast forward another 10 years. Uh, and I don't know what triggered the idea, but I had this idea. I had a very good database on um, economics data uh, as well as um, uh, market data at the time. Uh, I, I can't remember what system I was using, but anyway, uh, I went back and manually went through a lot of the, the top, uh, was started with the non-farms, the US employment data and also the Aussie employment data. <clears throat> Pardon me. I went back and I looked at how expectations were relative to the actual, how much they varied, created essentially, I suppose, a spread uh, price between the expected number and the real number, and tried to find a correlation between that and what and the market reaction. Now, generally, in fact, almost entirely, the correlation was zero. There was a zero correlation between the difference of actual versus expected and what the market did afterwards. So except in extreme circumstances, you know, if, if payrolls were expected to be up 50,000 and they're up 250,000, well, you're going to see a big reaction in the market. But anything within a reasonable range had zero impact or zero correlation um, with the with the market reaction, subsequent market reaction. I'm talking, well, I think what I measured was about three days, three days of reaction. But then what I did was took the same data, looked at the same thing and looked at what was ha happening leading up to that data. The three days leading up and the three days that followed it. And what I found was invariably and completely irrespective of whatever the expectations were and whatever the actual number was, uh, that um, if a market was moving one way before the data, there was a very, very, very almost certain probability that it will move the other following the data. So you've heard of that thing called buy rumor sell fact, right? Well, I just found that data. I just proved that um, uh, with my little Excel and you know my, my research. That's exactly what it was. So um, if you have not heard that expression, the idea is that um, by rumor self fact. Um, what it's saying is when the real number comes out, those that were positioned for that thing to happen cover and the market reverses. And that's what seems to happen with these data releases. You can have a look at it for yourself. Now, one thing I did notice that um, that would happen was um, if uh, the market had been ranging leading up to a data figure. Don't trade the data figure. It was too unreliable. You, or at least uh, the the release couldn't give you a clue as to where the market was going one way or the other um, and could, would often go in two directions in the same day and all of that. So um, a ranging market is not a good one. A, a market that ranges leading up to a data release is not a good one to trade. 
or at least with this idea anyway, but a market that is trending, and I'm, I'm not saying a strong trend, but a three-day move in one direction will often be a good indicator for a reversal after an important piece of data. The more important the data was, the more significant um, or more reliable that, um, that pattern was. Uh, so looking, you know, at employment data. Employment data is probably the most important piece of data in most economies at the moment. Um, all economic cycles have different bits of data um, that are more important than the next. Um, you know, 20 years ago, it was uh, in Australia, it was the current account, uh, our trade balance, uh, because of the issues with the Australian dollar and all, all of that. Uh, and we weren't long out of financial dere deregulation and floating and all of that kind of stuff. So it, it kind of, um, uh, it varies cycle to cycle. Uh, but for the most part, the last, what would you call it, easily 15 years, maybe more, um, employment has been the prominent number um, or payrolls in America or unemployment in other countries, employment in some, um, that's been the um, more important figure. So the point was um, in all of that bit rambling, how long have I gone on for? Uh, oh, not that long. Um, when you do see those expectations, don't give them more value. When you do see that data calendar, don't give it more value than what I've just told you, uh, because at the end of it, they're <clears throat> who knows how they calculate it. The way I used to calculate it for some of the media outlets was to survey 20 economists. And even then I didn't have a heck of a lot of faith in it because some would just make up the number. Uh, I can't imagine too many other data services having anything more detailed than that um, in their process of coming up with a number. It might just be one economist coming up with that number. What's to say he's right? You know, what's that got to do with anything? And is he a trader? Does he get it? Uh, probably not. So um, no disrespect to analysts. Of course, I was an analyst back then uh, and I learned a lot from that and I still use the stuff I learned then. So, um, but we're traders, right? So um, we have to work out a way to take what they might do and move it into what we might do. And in this instance, it's, um, it's not that useful. So uh, uh, that's good. So quick summary for you. Um, don't get too carried away with looking at, at, at data expectations, but do closely look at how a market's behaving leading up to an expect, leading up to a data release. Uh, and that can give you a clue uh, for, um, what might happen after with your particular market uh, and that particular piece of data, go back and do the numbers. It's not that hard. It was a manual process for me, uh, but it didn't take that long either. Uh, and um, uh, it kind of was a bit of an eye opener. Uh, and uh, uh, I hope you get something out of it and um, see how you go. Okay, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. It is brought to us by my site, masterclasstrader.com. On there, you will find my depth trading, my order flow bootcamp, as well as my advanced spread trading course, my personal favorite. Uh, check it out there. There's a link up the top that says specials, masterclasstrader.com, and there's a specials uh, link there, and you'll see current specials. Funny that. Uh, also, ship me an email. Uh, sign up for the email uh, on the site, and you'll get updates on things like these podcasts and so on. Uh, but shoot me an email and let's have a chat about trading because after all we're trading nerds and we like doing that, don't we? All right, until next time, good trading.